The men's basketball team did extremely well this year, accumulating 22 wins in the regular season, the most the program has had since the 2018-19 year when they had the Martin Twins, and going 14-1 at home, it seemed as if the team was going to be ranked multiple times throughout their four months. In the end of it all, all five starters were given Mountain West Conference recognition. The men put on a great show, no doubt about it. However, that is not the way the season will be remembered. Sure, everyone will make sure to note the wins, the home win streak, conference recognition, amongst other things. Despite all that good that came from this year, though, one thing will always hang over every single player and staff member's head. That one thing is the absolute choke of a great season that the team had over the last four games. This is Derek Raritan reporting live from the Reynolds School of Journalism for the Nevada Sagebrush. And it sucks that we have to go through like this whole way of thinking, but everybody has been talking about, oh my God, this team did amazing. This team did great. Look at what they did, yada, yada. And that's fair. The, 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 this men's team was outstanding compared to their predecessors before being obviously the Martin twin season. But we have to mention those last four games because going into those, uh, going into the Wyoming game, going to the UNLV game, that sort of like four game span, we were the seventh seed or at least projected to be very early still, obviously knowing the history of what we have now, but those four games were detrimental to their season. And here's why the Wyoming game, Wyoming, no disrespect to their programs, but ooh, <laughs> they losing to them is just outright not acceptable. As a program that was pre- like on top of the division, potentially being a second seed in the Mountain West tournament, it's not fitting per se for the men to lose to Wyoming in any fashion. Sure, they lost by nine. Yes, it was one of their maybe rugged games, but at the exact same time, you're losing to the bottom of the barrel of the Mountain West, which, by the way, if you're on the bottom barrel of the Mountain West, you're the scraps of the overall barrel of NCAA. Again, no disrespect to Wyoming, just that's the reality of it. So that's them. Very tough loss, but, you know, it. there was a little bit of, like, okay, a little upset, it's whatever, it'll be fine. Then we get to UNLV. And when they walk into your home, right, and they just come in and smack you in overtime like that, that's crazy to me. Don't get me wrong. We can't forgive them for their first half. Yes, we're a second-half team this year. However, being down by 10 points at home when you have dominated almost every single opponent during the year at home, and going down 10 in the first half, that's scary to say the least. However, they were able to bounce back, but then threw a lead that just, uh, it was an eight point lead with like three minutes left in the second half. And you allow UNLV to go to overtime. That's unacceptable. And then let one dude, Jackie Johnson Jr., who was amazing in the second half, or in overtime, excuse me, putting up seven points and two assists, and I think UNLV had 11 points overall during overtime. So, like, basically contributing almost, if not all, points in the in overtime during that game. You lose to that one dude because you just can't lock him down. Again, very unacceptable. However, 
still had a four seed in the Mountain West tournament, and still, I believe, at the time of the San Jose State game, they were projected to be an 11 seed. So then, you get into the San Jose game. And it's you. It's horrible to hear that you lead in a 45-minute game, because it, it did go to overtime as well. It's horrible to hear, it's horrible to see that they only led the game in four minutes and eight seconds. They led the game for that long. That's it. In a 45-minute game. Not even one-tenth of the time of the game. And they only led by that much. I mean, sure, you had people like Nick Davidson finally make some splashes. He was able to produce pretty well in this game, especially once we saw Will Baker not do anything. However, all of that was tainted by a Jared Lucas flagrant foul. No disrespect to Jared Lucas, but damn, learn how to foul, my friend. So now we're thinking, oh, Nevada's not going to be in the tournament. It's in the NCAA tournament. It's not looking likely at all. May as well just throw our hats in the ring. Right? Like, just like, call, call us out. Take our hat away. But then we get the bid. We go to the first four against ASU. A program that has two players that transferred from Nevada the year prior. And we have a chance to possibly go further in the Mountain West, or in the NCAA tournament, excuse me. And then they get stomped by 30 in the first half. I'm sorry. For a team that was proud to say they could play defense at a high level and play in the paint to a very similar one, the team did neither of that and allowed ASU to walk all over them in the first half. And yes, they had a very good second half. They were able to finally pick their feet up. But when you go down by 30 and you're only able to scrunch a little bit of a comeback for 10 points, still losing the game by like 20 points, it doesn't feel right. It feels like Nevada shouldn't have been there. And it capped off one of the worst four-game skids that, personally, I have ever seen. Now, you can't just chalk this up to, like, the entirety of the team. Because, obviously, there's a couple of, you know, deciding factors amongst all of it. And each game's different. But I want to talk about four of the starters that we had for the, for the majority, if not all, of those games. First, I want to talk about Will Baker. Because for a person who was potentially deemed to be a Nevada, a Nevada draft pick, the first one since the Martin Twins, you are very, very inconsistent. Yes, I mean, you're not, obviously you can't, like, you know, put up 25, 30 points a game. That's a little bit unrealistic for someone to be, like, that superhuman, unless, like, you're just some all-around elite talent. But to drop, like, 14 points against teams like Wyoming and then drop one point against San Jose State in the Mountain West tournament... That's a little unacceptable. He is transferring, you know, and so hopefully he's able to work on his craft and maybe get up to a better level. But it's just like when he was here, Thrill Baker was not Thrill Baker on a very in a very inconsistent way. Going further, then there's Keenan Blackshear. Keenan, I don't understand why he was scared to shoot the ball in the postseason. I don't. Like, there was multiple different times where... He either had a very lightly contested shot or a free shot at the hoop, whether it be a three-pointer or like a, it's a regular like pull-up jumper, and just passed up 
any type of shot whatsoever in favor of just passing the ball. I think that, sure, you're able to have jitters. You're able to, um, you know, have a little bit of, like, nerves around you. But, it like, when you're able to take shots in the regular season like he was passing up on, it just creates a bad sort of mantra, in my opinion. Like, like a bad energy. And it's like, why are you thinking this? Then there's Trey Coleman. I know he's meant to be more of a defender. I understand his role. And he's amazing at it. He put up a lot of blocks and a lot of steals and create a lot of pressure for opposing teams throughout the entirety of the year. But in those last two games, I keep on referencing the last two games because it's where everything started to fall apart, really. When in the last two games, you doesn't it doesn't seem like you're able to hold or dribble a ball sometimes, especially like out the gate in the first half. It just doesn't seem right for such a dominant player who had such a big presence throughout the entirety of the regular season to just fall off so hard in the postseason. And then Jared Lucas, I mean, he did really well at the back end of the year. He had amazing. I, I remember seeing a stat that said that uh, he averaged like 22 and a half points in the last like two, three games before the, uh, the NCAA tournament. So he did good overall. He did it really good. Just the one flagrant foul that costed them uh, the Mountain West bid. It was horrendous. Absolutely god-awful. So, that's his, like, one little nod. But it's not just them, per se. I want to get into some other aspects, too. And that's just overall, on the season, the bench. I understand that sometimes you want to have, you know, these godlike starters. Because it makes sense. You want to have a very strong start for any game whatsoever. But when, I, I, when your bench just doesn't produce... That's an issue. In the Wyoming game, for example, it was there was three players who took 11 shots off the bench, right? Out of all of those shots, only one sank for two points. That's it. The bench had two points versus Wyoming. And sure, people like Nick Davidson started stepping up a bit, which good for him. Very glad to see him pop in. As well as... You know, the bench starting to come alive a little bit towards the back end of the se- uh, back end of like postseasons and stuff, like putting up like 19 points or 18 points in the uh, in the game versus ASU. But when you can outscored in the bench as well, even though you're putting up what seems to be a great performance from your bench, it's horrid. There needs to be some more depth there, but we'll talk about that here in a second. And then to Coach Alfred, I don't really know his play scheme all that well, per se. I don't know exactly, like, all, like, the twists and turns of everything. But when you're getting dominated and playing zone defense, like, playing, like, a, I believe it was, like, a 3-2 zone for the majority of the postseason, and you're getting cooked that hard versus a team that you beat twice in the regular season, and then one team that, sure, they had players that were high caliber and on your team previously, but you still probably could have contended a bit more like, they were dominated in the first half in the paint 24-4 to in points. I don't understand why there was still such a big presence of zone when they're getting just demolished like that. It's annoying. You need to be a little bit more on the fly with your defense. Otherwise, you're just going to continue to have that bad rep. So, all of this happens. We have three people uh, transferring this year. We have Darian Williams. We have Trey Pettigrew. And Will Baker himself, as I mentioned previously. You're losing three main dudes off of your team. Two, one of them was a 
standout freshman. I believe Darian Williams was a Mountain West freshman of the year, if I remember correctly. Will Baker was a second-team All-Mountain West. And Trey Pettigrew, who, even though he was off coming off the bench a lot of the times, still provided some key defense. What does that mean? What do they need to do? It's not hard to look at things and just say, this is screwed. What do we do? You need depth first. It's not hard to look at a look at a team and just go, this is horrendous. We need to sort of batten down the hatches and get you know some people that can actually play off our bench. Whether that means a starter comes off the bench for a little bit or an, you just grab an amazing cast of re- recruits. But you need depth first. And from that depth, you need shooters and playmakers. No in-between. You need to have those on your team next year. The NBA and all of basketball has changed, for most people, for the better. And you need to get those shooters and playmakers on your team. Even if they're not, like, all-star or all-Mountain West sort of material. You need to get these people to help fill those roles and give people the rock when needed. It's not hard to look at this team and just go, what was the issue? Because so many of them stood out during those four-game skids. And even then, during the regular season when we had our losses. Very easy to detail where our issues came from. We need more bench, and we need more shooters, and we need more playmakers. And with three or two of our three transfers being all like all Mountain West material, it's very scary to see what could happen for Nevada basketball. We may have another regression. But but if done correctly, maybe if someone listens to me or any other, any other cr- uh, critique, people on the men's basketball team will actually like take our criticism and hopefully push forth in not in like a new era, but continue the year that we had in the next year. That's the only way that we'll actually have any progress. It's continuation of this. Hopefully one day. Anyway, this was Derek Raritan reporting live from the Run School of Journalism for the Nevada Sagebrush.